Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Honestly, every year, it gets fucking earlier, doesn't it? I, listen, I swear, I'm willing, actually, to put money on it by, like, 2024, people will be putting up their Christmas trees in August. This is it. It's the penultimate show, the last talky talky one, because next week is the talent show. And if you don't fucking know that by now, I'm doing something wrong. Because all I feel like I've been saying is talent show, talent show, talent show. Um, and then that's it. That's your lot. That's your lot for 2021. Because I've run out. What are we going to do? I hate that at the end of the season. Everyone's like, what are we going to do? I don't know. Listen to another fucking podcast. Just listen to something else. Hello, it's me, Scotty. <laughs> and together with my friends, Tim, Kat and Maya. Don't fucking mention her name. You know who, this week. Producer, yeah. Yeah, listen, she called me up this week and we had a bit of a falling out. She said to me, Scotty, I said, what? She said, I need to take a week off. She says, I'm having bunion reconstructive surgery. I said, oh... Chance to be a fine thing that I can get my fucking bunion sorted out. So it's just me, just me here upholding everybody else again. <laughs> so this week in the driving seat is our Maya. Yeah, producer Maya. Isn't that lovely? So what was that, JRF? <laughs> So JRF is quite far away on the other side of the room. And they said, it sounds better when um, Debbie's not pressing the buttons, apparently. JRF, how can you say such a thing to poor Debbie? <laughs> Listen, now, you've got until Saturday the 27th of November to get us your talents for the end of season talent show. Very exciting. Um, now, if you can remember a poem, I mean, Randy, you're lucky if people can remember their own fucking name. <laughs> You know, if you've got a song or a dance, yes, I know it's the radio. If you've got a dance, uh, maybe you could do an impression of someone who isn't clinically depressed. <laughs> if 
if that's you or somebody you know, get on the blower and send the burner phone a bit of talent. All you've got to do is open up the WhatsApp and send a voice note to plus four four seven double eight two hundred three four two zero. Don't worry, the theme tune and the number and lots of other reminders are coming a bit later in the show. Yes. Yes, I'm fine, everyone. Please stop asking if I'm okay. If I need a cup of tea, how I'm doing emotionally. No, it's all take, take, take from my glass, isn't it, everybody? Well, you can all just go fuck yourselves. Hi, Scotty. Producer Deb, Kat, Tim, Maya. Uh, it is Floss as a Pancake. Deb's here. I'm just popping a little message to say thank you so much for all the amazing messages of support that I got from the pub with my... Uh, surgery woes you gaslight yourself into thinking that you're being dramatic but when other people get mad on your behalf it feels kind of validating so there's a very lengthy letter being written because whilst I am a gobby fat working class girl I am also a fat gobby working class girl who is an academic so after I've clawed the surgeon's eyes out I'm going to give her a reference list to show why she's wrong but the reason I'm voice noting is because on my Facebook memories yesterday it came up a 10 year old memory of one of the best nights out I ever had with my friends there's been a 10 year mystery and I need to get to the bottom of it and maybe the pub can help because you all seem really into your uh scatology my then boyfriend now husband had a shit on the night out in an alleyway timeline it was the end of the night we're in the takeaway he asked the takeaway for the use the toilet they said no he went next door to mcdonald's toilets were overflowing really disgusting 2am in a mcdonald's you can imagine and so he unbeknownst to all of us went to the nearest alleyway and did a shit now the mystery is there was no trace of the shit on his person yet he does not know how he would have wiped his ass in an alleyway Now, we've been together 17 years, married 10. I need to know what happened for my sanity. Come on, come on, pub. Help a girl out. (laughs) Now, fat, common and clever. What a holy trinity. Well done. The reference list that you're writing. Uh, Do you know what? I love our audacity as um, absolute weirdos. I mean, (laughs) just to be like... And here is your reference list. Thank you very much. Oh, great work. I'm here for that energy. Now, scatology. When you first said it, I thought it was the study of me. No, apparently it's about pooing. Anyway, how do you have a shit without wiping your bum? (laughs) Oh, why is it that this podcast makes me say things that... I don't know, really make me question my life choices. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I'm going to ruminate. Maybe maybe it was just a hard one. And, you know, if you were desperate for it, you know, it consolidated. Maybe your partner drip-dried up a wall. (laughs) Maybe found some recycling. Maybe when your partner was in the McDonald's, Remember in the old days where they used to give you napkins on the side? Do you know what the answer to this question is? I don't fucking know. And do you know what? I actually don't give a fucking... I, I do not care how your partner wiped their ass ten years ago. Okay? Many thanks. Hello. This is the 2am gym goer slash hussy slash kinky asexual, whatever you wish to refer to me as. I don't particularly mind. Yeah, the, the question of 
kink and aceness is very interesting to me since I started sort of experimenting with it. I think when the first time someone suggested it, I was like, no, I'm not. Am I? Could I, could I be? Am I into that? Um, did some experiments. Turns out I'm not. I'm not into it the same way that other people often are, if that makes sense. So I'm not into kink in a sexual way, as you suggested. But it's enjoyable to kind of play a bit of a role, put put on a bit of a character, as long as it's not pushing my kind of boundaries too far. I'm quite open to these things. It can be fun, isn't it? It's a, it's an interesting kind of idea. If anyone's got any good kind of psychological background to kink and understanding why you feel the way that you do, I would be very interested to know. Um, but I don't know if that's even a thing. I don't know if this is something that you can figure out with books and theory and objective knowledge, which my little kind of sciencey autistic brain doesn't like. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like anything that doesn't have numbers with it, you know. I hope you have a lovely day. Enjoy, enjoy the rest of your listening. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Hello, the 2am kink ace Jim Goer. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> it's not the catchiest nickname we've had around here, but either way, it sort of sticks. Now, I just wanted to say, and if I didn't make that clear when we were talking earlier, I should have, that one ace experience is not the ace experience of all. And because there could be some ace people listening who, you know, kink is their thing. Yes, so it'd be interesting, I wonder, because there are like loads of non-sexual kinks, right? Um, Things that give gratification or feel nice. I guess the, the one that's on the top of my brain is sploshing. It's when people get enjoyment from watching others or partaking within food play, like being messy with food. And largely, from my observation, it is a non-sexual kink or fetish, often to do with um voyeurism. Yeah, I think I think there can be some sexy sexy with it, but largely from what I observed, it isn't. So I wonder if any um, listeners out there have got any other um, non-sexual kink kinks. Background to kinks, it'd be problematic to sit here and be like, yes, I think all kinks can be traced, because I don't think they can, because um, I just think we're um, quite complex human beings. But yeah, I do think some emotional memories can be attached to exciting experiences. I think for a very long time, I actively was attracted to my oppressor, largely very heterosexual, very violent, very working class men. And I think knowing that and identifying that has kind of been quite freeing uh, because I think it was a kink for me that was unproductive. But yes, I think, you know, other people can make connections with how they trace and where things have come from, from flickering memories. But I mean, we're all sort of making up. We don't really know. We can just attribute memories to them. So I'm not sure if we can even say it was the the um, source of the kink. Hmm. Maybe somebody else knows a bit more about this and wants to join in. Are you Scotty Love? Or shall I say, are you... Sounds like Adele Scotty. Hello, it's me. Um, Body doubling. It's exactly what it says in the Tim. When I'm getting really overwhelmed and stressed in my kind of ADHD kind of like manic moment, I'll go live. And I don't necessarily want to talk to anybody. I might just be like, you're right. Uh, And it's just nice to have someone there. Yeah, in recent times, I've not been doing it because people are being 
for want of a better word, C-U-N-T's. I haven't got the headspace to deal with that at the moment. Um, so, yes, morphine. It's very Moorish, isn't it? And what's it called? A shortage of sperm. Now, um, <laughs> many moons ago, uh, when Jesus was a child and I was part of the Christian Union, I know, I know. Anyway, she saw the light and I'm a born-again atheist. But there was a mission at university. There was a mission and we were having to raise money. And in them, their olden days, this is in the year 2000, kids, they used to pay in Liverpool for you to go and crack one off into a cop. So I suggested to the Christian Union Committee, because there was actually a sperm shortage, we could wank for cash. That didn't go down well. And also, just to let you aware, make you aware... All these people, they come to me. They come to me. I don't go to them. They come to me. They find me. And what's it called? Franny uh, talking about nice straight men. I don't know if there's any straight men left. I think they're all facsimiles, aren't they? Any road. Love and light. God bless you all. And, um, yeah, a big kiss from that JRF. Bye. Bye. Oh, so that's what bodily doubling is. I thought, well, I don't know what I thought it was. I just wondered if you'd got someone around to dress like you and sit in the corner, but apparently not. You just go live on the internet, which makes a bit more sense and makes it much more easier. I don't know. I think sometimes when I'm in the the heap of the heap, I think looking at myself on a screen, oh, I can't bide it. Yeah, because you just get dysmorphic and you just become horrible to yourself. So I really love that that can be a device for you for anti-loneliness. Who knew? I guess we have a lot of critique in our cultures around social media. As much as it's an addiction and everyone thrives on it and everyone absolutely loves it, there's always this like, oh yeah, I'm trying to like do social media less. I'm trying to like be online less. And I'm a bit like, oh, fuck off. Like, if you don't want to check your likes, just don't check them. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, tangent, wanking for cash. <laughs> I'll do it for free. Hi, long-term listener, first-time caller. My name is Julia and I am from Poland, living in Portugal, which will become important in a minute. I've been wanting to call for a really long time, but... I am extremely shy and also a non-native English speaker. But there's been a lot of discussion about supporting your siblings um, and supporting siblings who might be queer, non-binary, etc. My sister, I'm still saying sister because we haven't had a talk about it. I've been recently made aware by our brother that she considers herself non-binary, something that I have suspected in the past. And although we had a lot of lot of deep conversations about body image and, and things like that, she never came out to me. But my brother told her that I know. And she told him that she is uh, happy that I know and she has no problem with that and, and she feels okay about it. So now, I'm going home for Christmas. I uh, don't spend much time home and it would be an opportunity for me to broach the subject with her. 
I think that might be a useful thing to do because, first of all, we are Polish and so she lives in Poland. Not to um, in any way diminish the bigotry of UK, but we are definitely a strong competition. And secondly, our father is a very old school leftist activist who also doesn't really know how to deal with feelings and stuff. So basically mocks everything and everyone and I know that her relationship with him already made it very difficult in terms of the body image stuff and I really want her to have one more person in the family on her side but I also don't want to in any way force her to officially come out to me so any advice And just to add, I have been using the word sister and she, her pronouns. I don't know if I should be doing that, but I would like to make that change after she tells me to, because I don't know what her or their preference is yet. Oh, hello. Do you know these sibling messages? They always get me because I just think... They're full of, like, absolute inquisitiveness of people just genuinely want to be a nice person and be supportive. Um, Hi, Yulia. Long-term listener, first-time caller badge to you. (laughs) L-T-L-F-T-C. One day I'm going to get it right. Uh, And you know how much I love a call from elsewhere. So Poland via Portugal. Love that. Love that for me. Now, I just want to pick up on a few things before we get into it. Non-native English speakers are totally welcome here. And I just wanted to like put that out there because I know that's come up before where some people have called in where maybe English was learned as a second language. I can tell you as somebody who is not able to communicate as I'm doing right now, I really welcome the fact that people come into the space and use England English as a common language. Shyness is also welcome. It's really okay to warm yourselves up. So 10 points to you, Yulia, for just, you know, braving it and being vulnerable. It's a difficult one because like you say, you haven't had the conversation and you want to support your sibling in the best way. I think neutrality isn't a bad thing. And so what I mean by that is by referring to them as a them or referring to your sibling as a sibling, that isn't consciously making a decision for them. It is just using neutrality. And I guess I think sometimes when we think about using they, them or sibling, we think we are non-gendering somebody. And that is what non-binariness is about. And that isn't. Because like you said, you haven't had a conversation with them about what their preferred pronouns are or how they want to navigate that. Also, you don't want to force them into a position where perhaps they might come out to you and they might not be ready, etc. But you would still call any sibling, cisgendered or otherwise, a sibling, because that's what they are. So you could call them a sibling. That could be a way. Um, You could practice using sibling and they, them to yourself when referring to them, because I think some people who, and, and I don't know if this is you, who haven't come into contact with queer, trans and gender politics before, it takes them a while to get their head around using that language. And But that language is super important, right? I guess what I wanted to say to you is that you don't have to hold everything for all the family. 
I've got that characteristic within me and actually it's something that I'm unlearning through therapy that I can only be responsible for me and I and be kind and caring to another individual. I can't hold all of the plates for everybody. So you focusing on your relationship with your sibling, I think is what they need. It doesn't have to have an agenda. You can just like catch up and be like, you know, what are you up to? How's your life? Haven't seen you in a while. And it might just come out. It might not come out the first coffee. It might not come out on the first walk. But just being there and being supportive, I would say, is half of the battle. Knowing that you have got someone on side, like you mentioned. So create that space. Because as we do know from our comrades, our siblings, our friends, our pals in Poland, it is a really, really fucking tricky scenario. I've been contacted by a queer library in Poland asking if they can stock my book. So I know there is good work that is happening in Poland, but yes, you're right, it's a difficult environment. Um, Listen, Julia, I think I'm saying your name right. I heard Julia, so I, I will say that until you tell me how to say it. (laughs) But long-term listener, first-time caller, thank you for taking the plunge and let us know how it goes because now you've broken the seal, maybe you could call up again. It'd be lovely to find out more and uh, to see how it went. And that feels like a lovely moment to have a little bit of a briefer. Coming up in the second half of the show, we are talking polyamory. There is a dinner date with mum and we talk to a Franz Ferdinand superstan. Uh, But before that, I am heading over to the Patreon to tell you some things that have been said this week. Um, First off, we've got a message in from someone called Kim in London who says, I would love a live event for ATT, digital or in person. And what about actual badges? Oh my God, not fucking we're not back at badges, are we? We're back at fucking badges. Hear me out, they say. <laughs> a few podcasts I listen to have merch as a way of getting paid, and I definitely buy a long-term listener, first-time caller, LTLFTC badge. <laughs> and I know that makes me weird, but imagine going out and seeing somebody else with one. You'd have a little natter. No, you wouldn't. You'd be crying at each other. I know what you are all like. You're emotionally vulnerable people. <laughs> So there's that one from Kim in London. There's also another one here from someone who says they're called P. Hi, Scotty et al. You spelt my name wrong. Minus 10 points. I live in Bristol. Minus 30 points for that. (laughs) Really enjoying the podcast, but season six needs to move forward. I'll keep the cheekers to keep things interesting and attract more listeners. Don't get rid of the current content and the pub and the supportive group stuff is excellent. Here's a few ideas from the top of my head. Agony Scotty. My boyfriend says my penis is a funny shape. (laughs) My boyfriend says my penis is a funny shape and I can't get aroused by him. That sort of thing. Am I dull? Question mark. My favourite food is omelette, for example. (laughs) Honestly, you lot are not the full ticket. So thanks very much, P. Listen, if you want to join in on the Patreon chat, all you've got to do <laughs> is head over to patreon.com forward slash after the tone. There, for as little as the price of a coffee a month, you can help us keep the lights on in the pub and develop some new ideas like Agony Scotty for season six. <laughs> also, do we want badges? Is that a thing that's happening? Let us know. Hashtag after the tone P O D. Right, let's get back to it. Hiya, Scotty and the After the Tone crew. First time caller, not in my imagination. 
I'm going to introduce myself as Kippy T because that's what my girlfriend calls me sometimes and you guys love a chippy tea around here so I feel like it's pretty fitting. Wanted to jump in on the chat about polyamory and non-monogamy and so what I found really difficult was was dating someone that was already in an established partner, finding any kind of reference for navigating that or people that have kind of done that. I feel like even though there is more kind of discourse online and things about about uh, polyamory it's often from the perspective of people who are already quite established couples and and how they're navigating that and, and what that feels like but yeah I was just curious as, especially if anyone else is is dating someone who is in a long-term relationship but they find themselves uh, in a kind of primary relationship with that partner um, yeah I thought that'd be interesting to hear also wanted to kind of uh kind of jump in on the chat about medical fat phobia and just share a story that happened recently to my really good friend who's currently in a psychiatric ward um the head nurse that was supposed to be looking after them told them in a very upsetting way that the reason that they were in the psychiatric ward was because they were fat and if they had more control over their eating and if they were thin, they wouldn't be there and that they just needed to accept that, which obviously is completely abhorrent and disgusting. And I think if you believe that, then you're kind of a cunt. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of share that story and say that I'm seeing them tomorrow and uh, I'm bringing them some crumble that I've made. Yeah, if anyone has any nice things that they've done for people in psychiatric care, that would be quite nice to hear people's stories, especially as it is leading up to Christmas. Oh, hello, Kippy T. First time call about to your place. Didn't say you were a long-term listener, did you? No, no, no. Just waltzed in here straight away. Didn't even listen. Just picked up the phone. Good, that's the way to do it, Kippy T more of that. Now, I have a bit of a catchphrase with my partners, which sometimes if I am feeling a bit vulnerable or I've said something that is contrary to information that I've given out, God forbid, actually, because I know I come across as a full-rounded, fully-fledged human being. (laughs) Um, But sometimes I don't reap what I sow. Something that I always say is, it's not a competition. And this is when we get into, like, polyacademia. So brace yourselves, everybody. I'm about to go a bit full on. I tried a very long time ago to divorce this idea of capitalism from a non-monogamy. This idea of primary and secondary, particularly, this very competitive notion of um, relationships. One person is winning, one person is less winning. So I would never say I have a primary partner, a secondary partner. I just have people I love because po- I am polyamorous. I am a person that loves multiple people. But plot twist, I'm currently in a monogamous relationship. <laughs> I know. I know. And do you know what? There's part of me which really fucking loves that. Really loves that I'm a polyamorous person who's in a monogamous relationship. Because that's it. That's what we've got to remember. There are no rules here. And so the rules that we adopt from heteronormativity are absolute bullshit. 
Okay, largely these ideas around monogamy come from capitalism. They come from this land-owning, I own person because they have a ring on their finger, therefore they are mine, and it's what the uh, the union of marriage is largely based around. Still, I was listening to a podcast about this the other day, actually, with Jasmine Stanley. It's called Dear Jasmine. I really like her; great person. And was just saying, you know, like polyamory isn't for everybody. I think that's the other thing as well. People think that when you're poly, you're some advocate for this life, like you're a Christian. They think that you've got to like uphold it and the beliefs and everybody must join it. No, it's not for everybody. Do you know what I mean? And that's all right. But if you are a non-monogamous person, if that is where your desire and politics are aligned, then just be free from the idea that there has to be a structure, that it is competitive. Like I said on a couple of episodes ago, you make your own colours with each other. Do you know what I mean? Nobody is ever going to be able to be comparable to you because you are made up of your own experiences. Anyway... Medical fat phobia. Oh, it's so annoying. My mum told me a very long time ago, when I was probably about 14, 15, going for my first job interview, my mum was like, just be aware that people correlate fatness with being out of control. And I never knew if I actually believed it until you start to see how fatness is treated within society. And it is a shorthand for depressed, out of control, not on the best path of life. And just to have a fucking... Someone a doctor, a nurse, anyone, or anyone say it, let alone somebody who's in position of care for you. So I think sending a crumble is a great idea. We'll put it out to the room, ways in which you can support people that are um, existing within institutions that are difficult, particularly coming up at this time of year. But I tell you what, just being that again, it's like going back to the sibling, you being that person, being there, being supportive, being on hand, you're doing what you can. And that's all we can ask for when we've got these systems at play, in it? Hi, Scotty. Hi, the rest of the gang. It is Grace. I am calling, having just seen your Instagram post, Scotty, on being triggered. can very much relate. <laughs> and I was hoping for some advice, please. I have been estranged from my mother for a good five six-ish years now and I have a trip planned to London in December to go and meet with both of my parents and go for dinner and reunite and while I agreed to it so I considered myself ready at the time and I think I am ready I have no idea what to expect or how it's going to go my CPTSD kind of stems from the very beginning from my early years and therefore my relationship with my parents triggers me just thinking about it (laughs) and they are good people and I want to try and be on best form when I see them so yeah any advice on planning for looking in advance knowing all of your triggers we're going to be in the same room. <laughs> also, just to jump in on the <laughs> relationships chat, I am also single and oh, I have a crush and I feel like I'm five years old again. <laughs> but she lives in London and 
I don't know whether to suggest meeting up and doing that in the same weekend that I reunite with my parents. Is that a terrible idea? I think it might be a terrible idea, but also what if it's my only opportunity? <laughs> so yeah, any any thoughts, please? Thank you. Bye. Lovely, Grace. Oh, I'm so glad you're back in the room. And wow, what a call. Yes, I put out a post on the Instagrams, at Scotty as well, you're welcome, this week about essentially the aftermath of a triggering situation. Weirdly, Grace, this is a call that I can really, really advocate for, advocate for, relate with, because I left home for five years and I have also had to reintroduce myself to my parents as an adult and it's really tricky it's tricky because it touches us in places that are very vulnerable. And I think my therapist would say, what's the inner child saying? And it is, I mean, it is, there is a part of you, that very juvenile soft part of you, which is is touched by these dynamics that we have with our families. Because, you know, it brings back so much and it is so emotive. And so I guess what I felt was, I was like, I, it was weird I did find it difficult. You don't turn into best of friends straight away. It is a bit teary. It can be a bit difficult. I mean, also, let me just put in front of this. This is purely just my experience. It doesn't mean that yours is going to go this way. Do you know what I mean? But I guess what I want to say to you is I survived it. And it has made my relationship with my parents so much better. And my parents have changed their life incredible amounts and have really demonstrated to me care. And so something I had to recognise was they are just people. It's so difficult. It is so difficult because you want them to be superhero protectors and then you realise they are just people with their own experiences. You said there, so you want to be on best form. That's an expectation. It is okay that you cry, that it is a bit difficult, that it feels awkward. You don't have to pretend that those things aren't going on for you in that meeting. But like you say, what can you do to navigate those feelings? Well, what does your self-care look like? What do your care practices look like? If one of those care practices is having softness and meeting somebody that you think could be quite fun, then I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing to meet somebody that you think is going to like fill you with a bit of teenage attraction. It could be a bit juvenile in that sort of like, oh, should we go to the cinema sort of way? Do you know what I mean? I often, when going through difficult situations like this or putting myself into a difficult situation, I think, what things do I like? So, you know, just think about this trip really holistically. Have you got somebody that you can call afterwards? Um, You know, maybe just put a few little things like that, like a little care package around for yourself. But I would desperately say, just try to take that idea of being on best form away from yourself because it's going to be difficult. Like you're preempting, this is going to be a tricky time for you. And that's all right. Um, But Grace, let us know how you get on. I particularly, I'm interested to know about the crush. So, you know, we're always here. We're rooting for you. We hope it goes okay. We hope it's what you need. But remember, mind yourself. Look after yourself. Hi, Scotty and crew. Uh, my name's B. Uh, first time caller. Fairly recent listener. But I just want to talk about your most recent Instagram post, Scotty, and uh, about being triggered and 
it really resonated with me because the same on the same day I was reading about a Melanie Sykes and how she was talking about being diagnosed with autism at fifty one, and so I've been doing some research into that, and I'm pretty sure, and I have sort of had suspicions for several years, but now I'm sort of more and more and more sure that I probably am. Like it, and it explains so much about like my. I don't know, several instances about my childhood, about, like, struggling to fit in and feeling like a freak and, like, a, I don't know, sounds dark, but, like, shouldn't have been born, basically. I don't know, it's just felt really affirming reading about that and also about your triggered posts as well because, like, I get triggered fairly easily by some stuff and, I don't know, I think it's better than it used to be when I was younger, but I just wish that I had known about this sooner, like... I don't know, I just feel a lot of sadness as well as relief and like grief for my younger self because she could have had so much more support and like she could have had so much less hatred if she just really understood herself. And one final thing as well, on a bit less of a depressing note, it's a bit of a funny story. So I'm a really big Franz Ferdinand fan. Um, I have been since I was 12, which is a very long time ago now. And a couple of years ago, when I was 27, I had a bit of a nervous breakdown and made a uh, Twitter uh, Franz Ferdinand stan account, which is basically like just only talking about Franz Ferdinand, basically. And so and through this, I've made some great friends. And I also joined a fan fiction writing group with three other people. So we started writing. We've written one of the largest fan fictions about Franz Ferdinand, which is a really sad thing to brag about. Um, and one of the characters in it is called Steckruber. It's a cat. And Franz Ferdinand recently released a new song. And one of the lyrics is Alfreda Zane Steckruber. And somebody asked the singer Alex Capranus about it on Twitter recently. And he said, oh, I'll talk about it in a few years. And so we're convinced that he's read our fan fiction. He's read our fucking fan fiction, which thank God it is PG. I mean, it's romance and a bit of drama, but it's not perverted or anything. Trust me, there's a lot of that sort of stuff. Like, especially Franz Ferdinand related. And I will admit, I have written some of that, but on a completely different account. Uh, So, yeah, that is all I had to say. Um, And I'll probably call again at some point. Thank you, everybody. Mwah! Hi, lovely Bee. How are you? First time caller. Uh, wow, that triggering post that I've posted this week um, obviously touched quite a lot of people. I was talking about the aftermath of feeling triggered and the things that you hold, the sort of embarrassment about how maybe you behaved in that moment and how you feel and, you know how it might affect relationships moving forward. And then, yes, now hearing about your diagnosis, diagnosis is so fucking helpful, isn't it? It really does help, like, categorise things or put things in a nice order. So when I received some diagnosis, it just really, it does really help. It's something that a psychotherapist reminded me was that diagnoses are useful, but they don't acknowledge you as the individual. They don't acknowledge you and your experience of getting to that place. So I think I'd always encourage people to remember that because I thought that was really wise. Yeah, grieving for the child. Yeah, I've done a lot of that. And um, I've now been able to disassociate uh, that grief from myself and put it outside of myself. Like there is a version of this child. I know this is going to sound very hippie, but I don't give a fucking shit. I can look at the child, like my childhood, and look at 
that person as a slightly different person now. And it is so useful. Anyway, I've got a good Franz Ferdinand story. You're welcome. As a Franz Ferdinand stan, if this doesn't make you fall over the floor, then I don't know what will. I am aware of the work of Franz Ferdinand because they are obviously art boys before they were music boys. And I am in... Love Illumination, which is one of their most famous songs, I believe. And yeah, if you go through Love Illumination, you'll see a version of me about 26, 27 in their music video. So there you go. Uh, Where's my fan fiction, eh? Hi, Scotty and all the gang. It's 1.30 on Friday and I'm having a wild night. Um breastfeeding with my new son Rudy who was born on Wednesday morning so he's I think this is his second day on earth third day on earth um it's going really well with the feeding oh dear darling (laughs) but this is completely wild man he's been cluster feeding for hours and I am just having the most amazing rushes of hormones. I've also had fuck all sleep. Um, So I just thought I'd leave you guys. Can you hear him? A little message. Just to keep myself awake, really, while he's going absolutely wild on my nips, which I've never known any action like this. Anyway, um, I'll try and send some more messages, maybe, if people want to hear how an extremely new mother is coping. Um... Love the pod. Love you guys. I'm full of all the love hormones right this second. And, uh, yeah, wish me luck. Bye. 1.30am on a Friday. Hello. You're welcome. Oh, welcome. Everyone shut the fuck up, all right? And stop fucking cussing. Day free on this earth. I don't need to be hearing the word bastard. <laughs> oh, congratulations, I guess, is something to say. Of course, this is a space where we cover so many different parts of life. And so, yeah, (laughs) enjoy the love hormones, babe, because, I mean, we could do with more of it. And I hope you're doing all right. God, 1.30. Imagine someone having a go at your tits at 1.30 in the morning. I mean, I know this is a very different context (laughs) to, to how I would have experienced it. But for hours, oh, you'd be like, oh, get off. Get get off my fucking tits. <laughs> um, listen, do call up again. Let us know how it's going. And, um, yeah. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about nipple play, which I think is very highly, highly inappropriate. And that is us for another episode. Well, I mean, we really have been everywhere, haven't we? From newborns, new beginnings, reintroductions to the parents, crumble, Polly, wanking for cash. I mean, we've done it all. Um, Listen, that felt like a really lovely place to finish the talkie-talkies because, of course, next week it's the end of season talent show. Very, very excited. Apparently, you've only got a few days to get yourself in for that talent show. But, of course, the phone lines are going to be open because we will be back for season six. So anything you've heard in this week's episode, anything that you want to bring to the table, anything that you're like, do you know what? I really want to pick up this thread from three seasons ago. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. So um, get on the blower, open up the WhatsApp and send us a voice note to this number. 
200 3420. And please do consider joining us on the Patreon, particularly in this sort of moment where we have like a couple of weeks off to sort of recalibrate everything. We don't stop working, believe me and you. Me and Deb will be going into production meetings, working out what the episodes look like, the dates that they're coming out, all of... I mean, just... It's a whole full-time thing. Please do consider joining us over on the Patreon because you can keep the conversation going with each other over there. Um, People like to have little chats with each other in the comment boxes, which is really lovely. And then they end up finding each other on social media as well. So, you know... Let us in. (laughs) For the price of a coffee, you can help us keep the lights on. If you can, you can. If you can't, you're still welcome in this space. I've got nothing else to say. I was very touched by that last call. Just hearing the little chuckling in the background, because it just, um, I don't know, maybe it feels hopeful, doesn't it? So, until next week, when I see you for the talent show, look after yourselves and each other. And if you don't, well, then you're a fucking dick and you belong elsewhere. See you later, babes. After the Tone is hosted by me, Scotty, produced by Maya Miller-Lewis, executive producer Tim Bano, digital producer Capriel, ATT is a Debbie's production production. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.